You're listening to the Real Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Real Life Church, including our gathering times in Yuma, Arizona, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Bob Van Horn. Last week, we started off with a pretty serious question, and we're going to continue with that question. We asked the question of, what is the source of all the quarrels, the conflicts, and the wars that are amongst us? James answered that question. He said it's because of the internal war that wages against us, the old nature competing against the new nature. The old nature that is selfish and seeks its own pleasure. I think we used the word hedonistic last week. It wants its own way. It's looking to satisfy itself over the spiritual side. That was last week's question. What is the source of quarrels, wars, and conflicts that are amongst you? Today, we're going to look at reason number two. Not only is there an internal war that's waging, there's another issue out there. So why don't we look at what the scripture says? We're only going to look at a couple verses this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you just follow along with me here in James chapter 4. We're going to read verses 4 and 5. You adulteresses, do you not know that your friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to this purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. I think James goes for a shock value here. He starts off by calling those who are reading this, and let's remind ourselves who those are that are reading this. They're Christians. They're maybe like you or maybe like me that have accepted Jesus and have a relationship with him. We would use a term that maybe you have heard before called born again. These are followers of Jesus Christ, and he just called them adulteresses. James is not being sexist here. He's not blaming all the ladies for being adulteresses. He's referring to us as being married to Christ. He is the groom, and we are the bride. By the way, there is some interesting correlation here with being called an adulterer or an adulteress. We're familiar with the term, but we're familiar with it in a completely different way. A physical relationship is what we're used to. When a man and women are married and they have a relationship outside the bounds of that marriage, we call that adultery. Did you know that there are actually five stages in someone committing adultery? And those stages are very similar to the same stages when we commit the sin of adultery against God. The first one is distance. Isn't it interesting that when someone is contemplating committing adultery, that they try to put distance between them and their spouse? Isn't it kind of weird that when we are about to commit spiritual adultery against God, that we also try to put distance between us and God? The second one that we're talking about is called gratification. And we choose to turn towards something or someone else outside of marriage that brings us the gratification that we're looking for. Well, just like when we turn from God, 
to something or someone else that will give us that instant gratification outside of God. And then there's a connection. We develop an emotional attachment to this outside agency. We become friends with the world. That's what James said. And then there's prioritization. It becomes a priority in our life. That outside connection, that outside gratification, that outside agency, whatever it is, it now becomes a priority. And then the last one is culmination. It's that growing attachment, that physical intimacy with that person. It's the final stage. It's when we become in love with that person. If you take those five steps, isn't it eerie that they actually match up with spiritual adultery? This is what James is talking about. When we choose to love the world over God. When James says that us Christians, us born-again believers, are in love with the world, what exactly am I talking about? First of all, it can mean lots of different things. We can say that the world, the word world, means the actual planet or its inhabitants. I'm not talking about humanity, and I'm not talking about people. And then there's this other idea of the word world that means hostile to God, the world system that is opposed to God, that is seeking its own selfish ambition and its values and morals and its compass that's set apart from God. That's the type of world that I'm talking about. This world in which we live in today, not the planet, not the people, the values of this world is diametrically opposed to God. That's the world that James is referring to. He's given us instruction that us as Christians have begun to love the world's values and its structure more so than God. Our pursuit of possessions, our pursuit of sensual desires, our pursuit of having something bigger and better, that type of attitude, that's what James is referring to when he says that we Christians love this world and have become friends with this world. And what James says is that's called adultery. When we adopt the world's principles over God's, and that puts us in a tough position with God. It was Jesus, by the way, who said that you can't have two masters. In a physical adultery relationship, you can't have two masters because you're going to love one and hate the other. And a lot of times we're going to end up loving the wrong one. God says, that for Christians, this topic of loving the world shouldn't even be up for debate. We're supposed to choose this day whom we're going to serve. And just like a physical adulterer who has two masters, we're not to have, well, feet in both worlds. And yet James, man, I tell you, just like we've said before, the gut punch here he calls us an enemy of God, that it puts space between us and God, that we can't be friends with the world, but we can't adopt the world's system of what's important. It's like a boat being on the water. It's okay for the boat to be on the water, 
You don't want the water to be in the boat. A.W. Tozer, this is what he said. We've brought up a whole generation of Christians that have come up believing that it's possible to accept Christ without forsaking the world. It's possible to bring up Christians that believe it's okay to have the world's values and the world's principles and still be called Christian. James says you can't. Jesus said you can't. The Bible says we can't. Yet it happens every single day. And this is the problem. It's so subtle that we don't even realize that it's happening. Suppose there's a man and a woman that are living next to you and they love each other very much. And one of your neighbors develops a hatred for that woman's husband. So much to the point that in the middle of the night, he gets up and he goes over to their home and kills the husband. He's arrested. And because of some loophole, he escapes punishment. And he's released to go back to his home. Now imagine in a couple weeks you're outside doing the lawn and you see the widow and the neighbor walking hand in hand, smiling. And you hear the woman say to him, I have never been so happy. What would you say? What would you think? Surely you would find this woman a little bit like disloyal, wouldn't you? A little bit? What about her husband's memory? Wouldn't she be a little bit unworthy to carry his name? Jesus came and the world hated him. The world's values, that system, the way it was structured, hated him. And he was killed because of this world. And what do you think it looks like when he sees us as believers walking hand in hand with the world? and us expressing how much we love this world over our relationship with God. It says that God yearns for us with jealousy to live according to, well, His Spirit. God's Spirit lives within us. And if we're truly born again, He's begging you, and He, he yearns for you to walk in accordance with that Spirit and not the world. We are the bride of Christ. He wants us to be connected to him, and yet we choose the world. What are you seeking in your life right now that's apart from what God would want you to seek? Do you find yourself turning to other things like the world with your concerns over God rather than turning to God? Do you find that you're becoming defensive about the way you live your life when you talk with your Christian friends or your Christian pastor? Do you make excuses for why you live in today's economy over God's economy? We all struggle with this. This is us struggling every single day not to be conformed to this world and to keep a right relationship with this world and our primary relationship with God. 
But the answer to being conformed to this world and having values and getting our direction from this world, well, James has the answer to it all. It's just in the next set of verses, in verses 6 through 10. And and let me just tell you right now, if, if God's speaking to your heart, well, don't stop just because we're out of time this morning. Don't stop. Read those verses. And I'm going to tell you something. You don't ever need me to tell you what those verses say. You don't. Nor do you need me to tell you what they mean. Then read verses 6 through 10 because he tells you the very specific instructions on how to rid yourself of that and to get back into a right relationship with God. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and just put the verses here up there for you to read them now. And that way you can look ahead and know what we're going to talk about next week. Because next week, what is the source of quarrels and wars and and conflict amongst you? Well, let me give you what solves all of that. When we submit ourselves to God and when we resist those temptations, that's the answer. All right? Let me pray for you because I know one thing. This message was challenging to my heart. And I'm sure if you've listened today, it probably challenged yours as well. God, thanks for our time together. Lord, I pray for those that have heard today that as I look at these verses, Lord, I don't want to be known as an enemy of God. I don't want to be know that there's space between you and I because I've chosen to live in this world and adopt this world's values and its structure and everything that it has to offer. And it's so, so messed up against you. All of us struggle with this. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us peace. Help us to make the adjustments in our life, Lord, that maybe you're calling us to make. Maybe there are some very specific things in each of our lives that we need to concentrate on. And I pray that we would do that. And God, until we can meet again on next time and and look at the following verses, Father, I pray that you'll guide us and you'll lead us and you'll direct us. Show us your love. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. All right. And I'll see you back next week. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com or download the Real Life Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Real Life Church Podcast.